Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News Team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News and Weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield residents set a precedent at the state level regarding air quality regulations. Mansfield ISD seeks a few good people. Animal shelter to host adoption event this weekend. Mayor announces plans for an innovation corridor. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with the new Mansfield assistant city manager, Vanessa Ramirez. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. Hi, I'm Jennifer Cowley, president of the University of Texas at Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. A group of Mansfield homeowners became the first in the state to successfully convince the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality to deny a concrete batch plant permit request in 2021. The ramifications of that legal battle continue to be felt today, with 2023 set to be a crucial year for concrete batch plant regulations and the future of the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. Mansfield resident Jan Hurlbut told About Mansfield in a 2021 interview that their backs were against the wall from the get-go, but they overcame the odds. We first heard about it from a neighbor on our street that said, someone called him and said, hey, I'm glad I don't live where you live because you're going to get a concrete batch plant in your backyard. And by word of mouth, that is how we heard about it in July of 2018. We realized we had a very short window of time to file a protest against this plant. I mean, a matter of weeks. And it was a formal protest. Everything is set up by TCEQ, which is the Texas Environmental Commission. And they have a certain format with deadlines and everything has to be, all the I's have to be dotted and the T's have to be crossed. So we rushed around and did our homework and did what we were supposed to do to file our uh protest against this plant. Hurlbut's group successfully argued in court that emissions of a certain pollutant at concrete batch plants, crystalline silica, were entirely prohibited by Texas regulations at that time. The commission later amended its permit language to clarify that crystalline silica emissions were not prohibited. State lawmakers are expected to vote on a bill renewing the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality's operations and identifying areas for improvement as part of the state's sunset review process, which assesses an agency's performance every 12 years. A commission, made up mostly of state lawmakers, issued a report in November recommending more transparency and tougher penalties on frequent violators of pollution regulations. The commission's staff are considering new air quality standards for companies seeking to build a concrete batch plant. The review process will address public concern about how the commission's air quality standards protect human health and the environment. Commission staff are expected to release a draft of proposed amendments to the permit in early 2023. Mansfield ISD is seeking volunteers for a growth and attendance zones committee to study and provide feedback to the superintendent. 
superintendent's cabinet on campus projected growth, current attendance zones and building usage, and capacity levels. The committee will be comprised of staff, parents, and community members from around the district. Interested applicants should be prepared to attend approximately four evening meetings in the spring, with the first meeting to be held on Thursday, February 9th. If you are interested in becoming a member of this committee, the school district has posted an online form on their website, and you can access their website through our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. The Mansfield Animal Shelter will be open this Saturday and ready to match as many critters with loving families as possible during the second Saturday adoption event. All adoption fees will be waived with a donation of any amount to the Lucky Fund, which pays for all of the medical needs for those animals that are sick or injured. Your only requirement is that you are an awesome pet parent and will love and protect your new furry family member. The adoption includes their spay or neuter, first round of shots, including rabies, and microchipping. The animal shelter will not be accepting any intake of animals on Saturday, just adoptions and reclaims. The second Saturday adoption event takes place this Saturday, January 14th, at the Mansfield Animal Shelter at 407 Industrial Boulevard, just south of downtown. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. And started off with a 2 p.m. work session. First of all, we say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Haven't seen you in a while. Michael Evans, welcome back to About Mansfield. And it is great. Good to see you, my friend, and Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. The highlight of your new year so far, what's it, what's it been? You know, the highlight of my new year so far is uh, knowing that uh, my wife and my kids and my granddaughter are all well. That is the highlight of my new year so far. Always, always a beacon. Love it. Love it. You started off with a 2 p.m. Uh, work session, and let's hop right into it. What you All guys right. talk about? Let's get right to it. You know, now you know, Steve. We had a we had a relatively short uh, meeting, but we did front load it though. So at 2 p.m. during the uh, work session, we discussed uh, potential future ballot items, including uh, expanding uh, sales tax uses, and we call those 4A and 4B tax funds. This allows uh, the city to um, utilize dollars for entertainment venues to also to attract uh, more uh, retail and restaurants, hotels, uh, convention uh, center uh, contractors to our city. Because in 23, we are really serious about uh, expanding, expanding, expanding our entertainment venue because we want our people to have remarkable experiences here in Mansfield. You also talked about townhomes and Miracle Field in your work session. Yeah, we did, as a matter of fact. Um, So uh, along with those um, potential future uh, ballot items, uh, what we did discuss was placing back on the ballot Miracle Field. And of course, we know this is a a baseball, well, not just a baseball field, but but it is a recreation venue uh, for uh, people that have uh, different uh, physical challenges, uh, in particular, our young people, our children. And um, we also reintroduced the uh, Veteran Memorial as well. Here's what's different. Here's what's different uh, this time as opposed to last time. Uh, uh, this time, we can actually go before the voters and say, uh, we do not believe that this is going to uh, increase the tax rate. As a matter of fact, as you know, in 22, we ended up lowering the tax rate and uh, also adding to uh, uh percentages to our homestead exemption. So we're going in the right direction. And I appreciate our finance department because now we can reintroduce these two items, uh, knowing that um, people will experience something great in Mansfield for their children and also showing utmost respect for all of our veterans. And that is important. Now, you mentioned townhomes. You're right. Yes. Uh, we discussed a um, a proposed townhome, uh, townhouse development along 360 in South Point, and um, the council, for the most part, uh, did not believe that um, that was the, the right location for uh, what uh, the uh, builder and developer was asking to do. So uh, we, we pretty well moved on uh, from that. And that was all that took place at uh, 2 p.m. Then you moved into the chambers. It's time for the 7 p.m. and f- started off. 
the results of the Ring the Bell Challenge. You better know it. We started off on a very festive note. Uh, our friends at the Salvation Army, they came by to uh, present the Mayoral Challenge uh, trophy. And uh, I want to thank everybody here in Mansfield because through your efforts, uh, the Mansfield community uh, raised over $125,230 for uh, the Salvation Army. And all of those dollars will remain right here in uh, Mansfield and also uh, parts of South Arlington. But, but here's what's important, though. Uh, our nearest competitor was the great city of Arlington. I mean, they are just great people. And they, uh, they, they what, the 100,000, 110,000? Oh, man, 000? I tell you what, we raised 125,000. I just knew they were going to be a close second. Uh, well, but they raised $35,000. But 30, uh, I'm sorry, you said 35,000? Yeah, about thirty-five, about $35,000. Which but, just goes to show Mansfield steps up. In a time of need. Tell you what, we're a great place to live, learn, play, and to grow. That's here in Mansfield, Texas, and I'm proud to be the mayor. Tell me about this innovative corridor. I, this sounds fascinating. Yeah, we, we also approved an economic development agreement uh, with uh, Admiral Legacy Investments uh, for uh, what is going to be noted as the Mansfield Innovation Community. Uh, this, is, this is an exciting start uh, to realizing our vision uh, for the innovation corridor. This is a 17-acre mixed-use development on Heritage and 287. It features Class A office space to create an, an innovation hub. That means that that we're actually going to be drawing people to Mansfield who are in the biotech industry, maybe even the defense industry, engineering, uh, industrial, where they will not only dream up ideas, but we want to move them just from the from the dreaming stages into the actual production stage. And uh, we've got partners uh, like uh, Cellmark. We have partners uh, like uh, UTA, Texas A&M, Tarrant County College, uh, Mansfield ISD, and the list goes on. So we want to be that little incubation hub, so to speak, uh, for the region. And uh, who knows, for the state and the nation. Consent agenda. Uh, I hear a lot of zeros going on. In, in, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it was. It uh, was. What, what happened in the uh, consent agenda? Well, it was all for uh, infrastructure improvement. So we approved about eight consent agenda items, including three hundred fifty thousand dollars for uh, Cotton Drive water line improvement, six hundred fifty seven thousand eight. Hundred dollars for Holland Road uh, Phase Two improvements. Two hundred and eight thousand one hundred dollars for Lone Star Road water line improvements. See the pattern here, and uh, three hundred and ninety thousand dollars for the uh, twenty twenty three water and wastewater uh, master plan and impact fee update. So, um, listen, the, the this is this is what took place last night, and also also uh, before we get off, I need to. Uh, I thank the council because uh, we filled a vacancy for the Mansfield Economic Development uh, Board as well. Mm. So uh, got a lot done. Uh, we got out of there, as I mentioned, at about 730-ish, but um, we got the work of the people done. Absolutely. Then you got home and you were home to watch the second half of the uh, TCU game. Uh, you know, I'm an, I'm, <laughs> I'm an alum uh, and um, I, I, I even wore a purple suit, man. And we lost. Oh, so you know, I would have loved to have seen the suit. You know, I I, I liked it, and and uh, <laughs> I tell you, yeah, we maybe next year we'll get them next time. Michael Evans, Mayor of Mansfield, Texas, always a pleasure to have you in the studio, and uh, that's a moment with the Mayor on about Mansfield. Thank you, sir. I'll see you next time. If you have a comment about the show, you know the good, the bad, the ugly, you name it, you can reach us by voicemail at eight one seven four three five. 2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. Or by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. Friday, January 13th. Yes, this is Friday the 13th, is National Blame Someone Else Day, which uses superstition to pawn our mistakes onto other reasons. It is always celebrated on the first Friday the 13th of the year. Casting blame comes in all forms. Perhaps a co-worker, our child, a spouse. We've been known to throw them under the bus when we needed a scapegoat. Or maybe they do their own blame for our lateness or stained clothes or a dented car.
far. Maybe the holidays have magically made our clothes a little tighter. Blame the closet fairies. If our bank account runs a little low before payday, the day calls for blaming someone else. Too many happy hour drinks last night causing a headache this morning? Definitely blame somebody else. Only for this one occasion, though. The rest are on you. So go lightly into Friday. If you don't want to blame someone, blame something. After all, it's all in the name of fun. Let's head on over to the weather desk and blame the near-perfect 80-degree winter temperatures on Colleen. I will happily accept the blame for this week's gorgeous spring-like forecast, but I'm going to need to find someone that I can blame for the high levels of mountain cedar pollen that will hitch a ride on those south winds. Let's take a look at our weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We're looking at a high of 81 degrees on Wednesday, 60 degrees on Thursday, 61 degrees on Friday, 65 degrees on Saturday, 70 degrees on Sunday, 71 degrees on Monday, and 67 degrees on Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Are you often pulled in many directions? Then you're not alone. I'm Angel Biasati, and we'll talk about some tips and Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Do you ever think, I'm just going to buy some land and build? It's a common desire here in Texas. I'm Beth Steinke, and I'm going to shed some light on why more people don't follow through on that dream today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will have you celebrating you in 2023. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to Rick Sales, who was the first person to correctly email the name of one of the two former Dallas Stars players that the rinks at the Mansfield Star Center are named after. According to the Star Center website, the two Star Center rinks are named the Hatcher Rink and the Morrow Rink in honor of former Dallas Stars captains Darian Hatcher and Brendan Morrow. Rick has won a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery. When we come back, this week's trivia question. This is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. 
I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery Brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, for nearly 150 years, the folks in Mansfield, Ohio, laid claim to being the country's most populated city among the 26 U.S. cities and townships that share the name Mansfield. Then, Mansfield, Texas, had a growth spurt and took the claim away. This week's trivia question is multiple choice. During what Census Bureau decade did Mansfield, Texas, become the nation's most populated city named Mansfield? Was it the 1970s, the 1990s, or the 2010s. Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, during what Census Bureau decade did Mansfield, Texas, become the nation's most populated city named Mansfield? Was it 1970, 1990, or 2010? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm James Sellers, CEO and founder of Salmar Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati says, it's time to look out for number one in today's Methodist Mansfield news to know. Angel? Aging parents, work, children home responsibilities, finding time to exercise, and doing something else that might protect your health? While it's easy to care for everyone else, it's time to take charge of your health and help you live a longer, healthy, happier life. Get an annual exam. It's a good time to get back in touch with your body. It's a time to screen for high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, blood sugars, and various cancers. Most of these conditions are treatable if detected early. Exercise. Exercise helps us reduce our risk for heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, colon cancer, breast cancer, type 2 diabetes, and so much more. It also helps improve your mood, enhance feelings of well-being, increasing energy and endurance. It's recommended that women engage in moderate-intensity physical activity for 30 minutes, five or more times a week, or vigorous exercise for 20 minutes, three or more days a week. We all live in hectic lives, so let's try to squeeze exercise in while we're at work, by taking the stairs instead of the elevator, and use your coffee or lunch break for a quick walk around the office. Eat healthy. Eat a well-balanced diet that includes fruit and vegetables, whole wheat grains, fat-free or low-fat dairy products, and fish and other lean meats. Learn to say no once in a while. It's hard. We're called the please disease, and most women have it. Try to avoid any requests or responsibilities that will make you feel overloaded. Understand what you can and you cannot handle. And set some boundaries for yourself. Setting limits is a sanity saver. Avoid risky behaviors. Stop smoking if you smoke. Limit your alcohol and buckle up. And don't text and drive, no matter how short the distance. Pay attention to your mental health. It's an important part of you. Stress, anger, and other emotions can affect your overall health, often in ways you can physically feel it. So it's vital to tend to your emotional health as well as your physical health. Make a goal for yourself and begin today toward a healthier life. It's your time. 
Reporting for About Mansfield, this is Angel Biasani with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Realtor Beth Steinke is here and shares her do's and don'ts for buying land in Texas in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? Buying land in Texas can be a great investment. Whether you're looking to build your dream home, start a farm or ranch, or simply hold on to the land as a long-term investment. Rarely a week goes by, though, that I don't hear someone say, I just want to buy some land and build a barn dominium. This statement gives me so many mixed emotions because I want to be so excited for the person and so supportive of their dreams. But I also know what a really difficult endeavor that particular dream can be. Between deed restrictions on almost every available parcel and difficulties financing raw land, couple that with the availability and cost of bringing in utilities, building on land is not as easy as you may think. It is critically important that you do your due diligence and be aware of the unique considerations that come along with buying land here in the Lone Star State. Here are some of the things to keep in mind as you start your land buying journey in Texas. Research the area. As with any real estate purchase, it's important that you do your homework on the area where you're considering buying the land. Look into things like the local economy, crime rates, school districts, as well as the availability of utilities like water, electricity, and sewage. Just this week, I heard from someone who had moved to a rural area and their electric bill was three times what they were used to paying in the city. You should also consider the distance to nearby towns, cities, and hospitals, as well as any natural hazards such as flooding and wildfire risk. But you also need to understand the property's zoning. Before you buy land in Texas, it's important to understand how the property is zoned. Zoning regulations can affect how you use the land, as well as what types of structures you can build on it. So for example, a property zoned for agricultural may not be suitable for building a residential home. It's the rare parcel that is not governed by some sort of deed restrictions even far out into the country. In Texas, deed restrictions are legal agreements that place limits on how a piece of property can be used or developed. These restrictions are typically written into the property's deed, which is a legal document that outlines the rights and obligations of the owner. Deed restriction can be placed on property by the previous landowner, the developer, the builder, the local government, or an HOA. Some common types of deed restrictions that may exist on a residential land parcel in Texas might include... Use restrictions. These restrictions limit how the property can be used. For example, a use restriction may prohibit the property from being used for commercial purposes. So you may be able to have those eggs with your chickens, but you may not be able to sell them. Or it may require that the property be used for residential purposes only. They can also restrict the type and number of animals you are able to have beyond the county restrictions. If your dream involves piglets and goats, we'd better make sure that you can live that dream before you buy the land. There can be building restrictions. These restrictions place limits on the type of structures that can be built on the property. Building restrictions may specify things like the size, the style, and the materials of the structures that can be built on the land. Many rural properties will not allow additional dwelling units like a guest house. I know this seems unlikely, but we run into it every day. Maintenance restrictions. These restrictions place requirements on the property owner to maintain the property in a certain way. Maintenance restrictions may require the property owner to keep the property clean and well-maintained, or they may specify certain landscaping or upkeep requirements. There may even be architectural restrictions. These restrictions place limits on the type and style of the initial home or any alterations or modifications that can be made to the property. Architectural restrictions may prohibit the property owner from making certain changes to the property, such as adding a pool or restricting certain fence types, style, or location. Beyond deed restriction and zoning and specific area information, you'll want to consider the cost of installing utilities and maintenance. If you're planning on building on the land, it's important to consider bringing utilities like water, electricity, and sewage to the property. This can be a significant expense, especially if the land is remote or not served by existing utility infrastructure. You may also consider the ongoing cost of maintaining the land, including things like mowing, fencing, and pest control. It's far more difficult than you might think to find an electrician or a plumber willing to go that far to service your home. An up-to-date property survey is a must. Before you buy land in Texas, it is a very good idea to have a professional survey conducted to ensure that you have a clear understanding of the property's boundaries and any potential issues. In fact, I've got a property that should have closed in December, but the neighbor's fence is on the survey on the neighbor's property. So we're going to have to get that fixed before we can move to closing. A survey can help you avoid future disputes with those neighbors or other potential issues down the road. 
Lastly, work with a knowledgeable real estate agent. Buying land in Texas can be a complex process, especially if you're new to the area. Working with a knowledgeable real estate agent can help ensure that you have the support and guidance that you need to navigate the process and make an informed decision. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of January 9th, there are 101 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. That's up a little bit from last week. Homes this week range from a full fixer-upper at 130, with the list topping out at nearly 2 million. 12 homes sold last week in Mansfield, and they were on the market for an average of 47 days. We are expecting interest rates to remain stable for the near future, and buyers have definitely returned to the marketplace, evidenced by increased showing volume on listed properties. Are real estate questions on your mind? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain has a French twist on a classic drink in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the French Pear Martini. Today, I'm starting a new short series on elevated cocktails for the new year. So these are going to be takes on traditional cocktails like a martini, but we're going to be stepping them up a notch or two for you to enjoy with your friends and family at home. But don't worry, as always, about taking notes. You can always go to bourbongospel.com and you'll find all the ingredients and instructions to follow to make your cocktails at home. So this week is the French Pear Martini. You're going to take an ounce and a half of St. Germain elderflower liqueur. You're going to take an ounce and a half of a pear vodka. You're going to take chilled champagne. You're going to need granulated sugar for the rim of the glass. You're going to need a lemon wedge and a pear slice. Pears are great this time of year. Don't hesitate on getting some to enjoy not only for the cocktail, but in your salads as well. To make the cocktail... You prepare your garnishes by slicing a lemon into wedges and the pear into rounds. To prevent your pear from discoloring, squeeze the lemon over the cut slices. That will prevent the oxidation of the pear. To prepare the martini glass, run a lemon wedge around the rim and dip into the sugar. And now with a cocktail shaker, you're going to fill it with ice, combine with the St. Germain liqueur and the pear vodka, Shake vigorously until well chilled. Strain into a prepared martini glass and top with champagne. If you don't have champagne left over after New Year's, that's okay. You can use Prosecco, Spanish Cava, any sparkling white wine if you don't have champagne. And then garnish with a round of pear, and hopefully you can find some festive stir sticks. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today is Vanessa Ramirez. Hello, good morning. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, usually at this point, I I give a little background as to who the person is before I introduce that Vanessa Ramirez is here in the studio. But my my crack research team did some uh, did some research on the name Vanessa Ramirez. So with the with the process of elimination, let's narrow this down as to who you are. Okay. You are not the weather person of Channel 12 in Phoenix. That's Vanessa Ramirez. No, that is not me. (laughs) Okay. You are not the Vanessa Ramirez who's the volleyball star at the University of Utah. No. Okay. You're not Dr. Vanessa Ramirez, the general practitioner from Petaluma, California. (laughs) No, I am not. <laughs> and then that makes you the, the the newly hired, the brand new assistant city manager for the city uh, the city of Mansfield. Yes, ding ding ding, you got it right. All right, <laughs> my my uh, my research department uh, did well. Yes. Welcome to Mansfield. Thank you. I'm you, excited to be here. You mentioned that uh, you've been in town since December 20th. Yes. From Odessa. From Odessa, West Texas, yes. I've been there once. 
What'd you think about it? Uh, I was there for about eight hours. <laughs> I slept for probably six of that, those eight hours. So I, I, I really didn't have much of a feel for it. We were traveling from uh, Carlsbad Caverns mm. back to DFW. Yes. And, and it was late. Mm-hmm. Needed a place to stay. Yeah. So I, I, I spent a little money in Odessa um, at a hotel and, oh, good. and then okay. moved on. Yes. But I don't, yeah, honestly, I don't remember much about it. But um, you started in December 20th. Uh, you've been on the job. You started the job here in January, right? I started December 27th. Okay. So I moved. I got everything moved from Odessa into um, the area on December 20th, so right before Christmas. And you're, you're the assistant city manager, but your background, you're an attorney. I am an attorney, yes. And so, but that's also then, I would assume, a benefit to the city because you'll be able to take uh, that, that law experience. I mean, there's a, obviously there is a city attorney that, that works for Mansfield as well, but you'll be able to, to take that experience and and pull that into uh, uh, into what you do. Yes, and I I think that that gives me a good opportunity to really um, make sure that we're streamlining a lot of the things that the city does. Um, a lot of times, when you give it to the city attorney, they have to draft contracts or they draft correspondence. And I think this way, it gives me the ability to kind of help and be be the liaison on that yeah. uh, for departments, and hopefully make sure that those things are moving along a lot more efficiently. And if I read your bio correctly, you also have economic development experience. I have done some economic development, yes. And so you and Jason will probably yes. do some stuff together as yes, well. Yes, we've already had a couple of email exchanges just in the time <laughs> that I've been here, yes. There yes. you go. Uh, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Houston, Texas. Houston. Yes. And you you grew up in Houston? And- grew up in Houston, lived in Houston my whole life until about um, seven years ago. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know Houston, but where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at, um, funny, high school for health professions, because at one point I was going to be a doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you you, <laughs> I could have. you could have been that general practitioner in Petaluma. <laughs> yes, that could have been me. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, the name of the high school again that's... It's uh, Michael E. DeBakey High School for Health Professions. High School for Health Professions. Yes. Uh, did they have a football team? No, it was a purely <laughs> academic. They had no sports. Uh, what did you do on a, a Friday night uh, with when you're in high school? What? Um... I mean, we would do uh, get together with friends and just kind of go to movies or you know things of that sort. Okay. Yeah. In Houston proper or, or the outskirts of Houston? That was in Houston proper. You were going to be a doctor. What uh, what changed your mind? So. Uh, Funny, a part of the the last two years in that high school is they take you out and do internships. Um, and your senior year, you get to do an internship in the um, area that you intend on practicing. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And so I went and I did um, my internship with the pediatrics floor at the hospital. And I just, I couldn't. I could not... Um, you know, see little kids that were sick. And so I decided that was just not for me. Oh. Yeah. So you took a left turn and, and, and went to law school. <laughs> I went to law school instead, yes. Okay. Let's before we get into the law school, uh, I would assume there was there was another college prior to law school. Yes. It, where where was that? I went to Sam Houston State University. Sam Houston. Uh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you studied? Well, did you have a major chosen by then? Uh, yes. I did um, criminal justice and sociology. Okay. My wife's a sociologist. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She had no intent of being an attorney or a doctor, but uh, uh, a sociologist. Yeah. And, and uh, so four years at Sam Houston. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they do have a football team. They do have a football team, yes. Okay. Yes, they do. Uh, was it immediately after Sam Houston that you you pursued the, uh, the, law, the law degree or? No, I actually took some time off. I intended on taking one year, but of course, one year turned into... About three or four. Um, and I just did some, I actually worked for Apple computers. What did you do for Apple? I started as a specialist, so a salesperson. And towards the end of my time with them, I was a um, genius administrator. A genius administrator. Yeah. Which <laughs> manages all the, all genius, of the bars? geniuses. 
the geniuses in our genius bar and all of our inventory, our parts, make sure repairs are getting done on time and having good communication with those customers. So I think that is that is awesome. <laughs> I've been a I've been an Apple customer since 1987. Yes. Yes, and once you I mean once you buy into that product it's it's hard to to go somewhere else, yeah. I've never owned a PC. No? I've never owned a PC. I've probably owned at least a dozen a dozen Macs. Um four or five iPads. I've, I've I'm recording right now yes. on a Mac. Yes, I saw um, the keyboard. I recognize the keyboard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. So why you left Apple? I left Apple. Yes, I left Apple it's, only, only when I needed to really focus all of my time to studying for the bar exam. But that was the only. That was when I decided that it was time for me to to leave Apple for the bar exam. So you've already then started studying. You went to school and and the school that you went to for uh, for the law degree. Uh, Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall. Yes. It's part of Texas Southern University. And that is that that's also in Houston. It is in Houston. It's okay. right across the street from University of Houston. And it's uh, uh so right there you're home again. Mhm. Yep. And so uh you you stayed with your parents? No. No. No, no, no. I <laughs> no, no, no. You were getting out of the house <laughs> yes. as quick as possible. Uh I actually uh, believe it or not I am the youngest of 3 okay. and I was the first one to move out of my parents' house. Um I moved out almost right after high school. Wow. Mhm. And the other two stayed a while. They stayed a while. Yes. My sister stayed until she got married. Mm. Um which was god, I want to say she probably stayed there another 4 years after I moved out. Okay. So uh Ramirez uh, Ramirez is is your maiden name, your family name. Yes. Okay. So um Latino. Yes. And it but it's typical isn't it for a especially for a Latina? Mhm. Uh, to stay in the house till they're married. Absolutely, yes. That um, my wife is a Latina. Mm -hmm. Her last name actually ends in a Z as well. Oh, okay. And uh, her sister lived at home until she got married. Mm -hmm. Although my my wife moved out right out of high school. Yeah. When she went to college, even though the college was still in the same city, gosh, only fifteen minutes from home. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, she goes. Yeah, I want to live in the dorms. Yeah. Although looking back, I think that I I I would have probably stayed longer in my parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a traditional tradition culture-wise? Yes. A traditional Latino home. Very traditional. And so describe to our listeners uh I I I love a good Latino Christmas. Yes. Uh what's what's Christmas like in in the Ramirez family? So we celebrate it on New Year's, uh, I'm sorry, on Christmas Eve. On Christmas, right. So it's always the day before Christmas. And we, um, I mean, we have tamales, it's family just together. I mean, it's a huge crowd. Um, we have a lot of food, a lot of candy, a lot of drinks. And we stay up until midnight. And that is when we open gifts on at midnight, midnight. At midnight. Because yes. it's officially Christmas. Right. Yeah, you hit me with tamales. Yes. That's... Um, <laughs> My grandmother is also, uh, well, was um, uh, Latina, and they would, uh, they, she, and her husband, my my grandparents would come down from Northern California, where they lived, down to Southern California, where I lived, and I that my fondest memories of my grandmother, who stood about four foot eight, um, were the tamales that she made, mm -hmm. and would make. An enormous, uh, probably about the size of a basketball, uh, uh, an enormous batch of masa. Yes, and that was that was her that was her wheelhouse. Was stay out of the kitchen. Yes, this is my territory, and she made tamales all day. Yeah, and they were the best. Yes, they're always and, so authentic. It was always so good. So sometimes they're even better the next day reheated. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, I love you know I love Texas. <laughs> Finding a good tamale around here though is is yeah is difficult. It's tough. Maybe one of our listeners can chime in and 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 send me an email on on where they buy uh, their good the good authentic tamales. Good yes, tamales. yes. Not the real skinny ones, the big fat ones. Yeah. Um. 
<clears throat> so you went to Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. You decided to become an attorney. The Now, most attorneys that I know uh, have a specialty, uh, whether it's uh, uh, we have a a client here on the podcast, uh, trademark law or contract law or injury law. Um, <laughs> did you have a specialty when you passed the bar? I did not. So I intended on doing criminal defense law. Mm. Um, that's what I wanted to do. You wanted to be in the courtroom. Yes, I wanted to be in the courtroom. Interestingly enough, I, I did really well in law school in contract law and oil and gas law. Hmm. And so those were two of the areas that um, I did exceedingly well. And, and contract law, I think, has just been something that has continued to stick with me. So You like reading the fine print. Yes. So when, when uh, you sign up for a, a website uh, and it says, click here to agree on our terms and conditions, do you read? I actually read the terms and conditions, yes. And if you're sitting there in an office, uh, I'm signing up for a new AT&T account, and they give you a three-page uh, of, you're reading those terms I and conditions. I am reading those, yes. <laughs> and the salesperson's looking at you like, you know, I could be at lunch right now. Yes. Or, or, uh, <laughs> and then I just start asking questions just to see if they know what's in the terms and conditions. Oh. <laughs> and throw, most of the time they don't, Most right? of the time they don't, no. It, it throws them off. And And so with that, I guess that brings up a good question. Okay. Um, I threw out the name AT&T, so let's use them as, as an example. All right, here, you've just bought um, new AT&T service. Here's your contract with the terms and conditions. As you, a consumer, can you go in and, and strike information out of the contract? Normally, they'll let you know that if you want to reject something, you have to tell them in writing, and there's a certain time frame of when you have to tell them that, and so you have to write it in. They normally won't let you just strike something out there in the moment. It, oh, okay. They'll give you a provision that says that you can write and send written notice, and it has to be within a certain time frame, and normally that time frame is like seven to ten days or something along those lines. So. Huh. I've always wondered about <laughs> that because... It, it's a standard, obviously, right. a standard contract written by their attorneys. Yes. And I mean, I think those bigger companies, they do have those standards. If you're dealing with more of a local company, they're more inclined to kind of work with you on those provisions. You wanted to be a defense attorney and, again, took another uh, uh, left turn. Mm -hmm. And how did you wind up in, uh, number one, how did you wind up in Odessa and, and doing uh, city law? So... Obviously, school loans start to kick in, right? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> After about six months, I think, that you're not in school. And so I knew that it was time for me to start looking for a job. And I, I really just applied um, to multiple different uh, areas. The city of Odessa actually called me and asked me to come in for an interview and offered me the position before I had even passed and gotten the results of my bar exam. They found you. They, well, I had they, submitted an application, oh, but yes, okay, yes, gotcha. they did. They, um, so they offered me a role before I had even officially been an attorney because I wasn't licensed yet. And coming from the big city, the big city of Houston, how did you feel about going? What were your thoughts about going to Odessa? So the first time that I visited Odessa was when I flew in for the interview. Yeah. And if you've ever flown into Odessa, all you see is really brown, and then you'll see the the markings of the drill sites that are out there. And so they just look like a bunch of just squares. And um, that was my memory of Odessa when I went to go interview. So they call me about two weeks after the interview and offer me the job. And I was like, well, mm. I guess that's home now. Here I come. <laughs> yes. That's funny because uh, so you, did you have an idea of what Odessa looked like even from the air before no. you flew in? No, none whatsoever. Okay. Because when my, my wife flew into DFW for a job interview, mm -hmm. which is still the same position that she has 18 years later, uh, she had this premonition, I'm going to, I'm going to Texas, everything's brown, uh, <laughs> surrounded by sand and uh, uh, tumbleweed. And yes. she, flying into DFW, she was shocked that everything was green. Yes. But you flew into yes. <laughs> Midland, Odessa, and everything was... Uh, Brown. Sand. <laughs> yes, yes. And actually, that's where I saw my first tumbleweed in real life. Wow. Yes. And what year were you hired at, in Odessa? Um, November of 2015. 
Seven years ago, you were hired by uh, by the city of Odessa, and Odessa, or I guess West Texas, is famous for its sandstorms. Yes, they're called um, haboobs. Have what? Haboobs. Haboobs. That's, haboobs. That's what they're called. And have you ever experienced one? One. 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 The entire time that I was there, one. Describe it. It was. I mean, you look up and everything is brown. The sky is brown. Because the air, the wind just kicks up all of that dirt up in the air. And then if it starts, if there's any chance of rain, mm-hmm. it's raining mud. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> I hear it's, again, I've only spent just a few hours mm-hmm. uh, in West Texas. It gets over, every, it gets all over everything. Yes, everything. Your windows are shut, but the dust still gets into your house. Yes. And, yes. That's no fun. It was it was no fun trying to keep the house clean. No wonder you got out of there as quickly as oh, you could. And then I had two little dogs that loved to go in and out, so they would bring dust in. Mm. And oh, yeah. What kind of dogs do you have? I have a Yorkie and a Shih Tzu. So you like small dogs? Small dogs, yes. Okay. Yes. Do they have names? They do. Uh, my Yorkie is Aria, and uh, my Shih Tzu is Sophie. Sophie and Aria. And I'm always interested in how names come about. How did you choose na- na- Arya and Sophie? Arya is from Game of Thrones. And in the show, Arya's sister is Sansa, who is played by the actress whose name is Sophie. Well, I didn't like the name Sansa for the dog, so I just named her Sophie instead. So. Sophie with a PH or, a, or an F? PH. A PH. Yes. Okay. I always ask that, especially when it's Sophia. Yes. Oh, uh, but when she gets in trouble, I call her Sophia. Okay. Yes. Because my daughter's name is Sophia. (laughs) And when she gets in trouble, we call her Sophia. Yes. (laughs) We're talking with Mansfield Assistant City Manager Vanessa Ramirez, and we will pick up the conclusion of our interview next week, including the ever-popular lightning round. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Sarton. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan This podcast Dodd. is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.